0: KR podcast. There we have Arkansas Sticks pitcher and 2023 commit to Ole Miss Baseball. We got Treg Owen on the podcast. Treg, super pumped to get you on the show, man. know you just got back from Jupiter, Jupiter there with a pretty cool story. So, um, how are you doing today? And let's get rolling with this podcast.
1: I'm doing great, man. How are you?
0: I'm pretty good. So uh I, I am a I am a few hours ahead of you. It's like 10 10 15 here. Uh, here in India. Yeah, it's 708 wrote, right here. Little little earlier there for you. But um, I do have one question I kind of like to start it off with with everybody, and that is for those who don't know you, how would you introduce yourself? Who exactly is Trey Owen?
1: Um, I would say I'm kind of the energy. Like I, I wouldn't say like the total energy, but I like to bring energy. Like it's all about like the positive vibes, good vibes. I'm pretty I'm pretty laid back, I would say.
0: Okay. So when you say pop. You say positive vibes like how do, how do you how do you provide that to the is that just for like the team school or what do you mean by that
1: uh everywhere honestly I'm just I want to make sure everybody's happy with what they're doing having a good time you know just with doing everything with a smile on their face
0: all right so like I said you just get back from Jupiter you kind of dug into the story before we started recording but kind of take us through I guess what Jupiter was like and then kind of your story after Jupiter going back home
1: uh, yeah, Jupiter was sick, so we were actually the, um, the White Sox scout team. Shout out to Coach Brewster for getting that done. That was pretty sweet. Um, yeah, we got we got to use the Marlins clubhouse. It was sick. Uh, we had lockers for everybody. You know, it was, it was just a great time being able to uh, get everybody together in that small, like, uh, clubhouse. Um, yeah, so Jupiter was fun seeing all the golf carts was crazy just behind the fields just everybody all the scouts everywhere it was sick being able to pitch there and then uh yeah so <laughs> leaving Jupiter on the way home I uh my flight got delayed from Florida to Charlotte and um my flight from Charlotte to Arizona was supposed to be 20 minutes after I got off my flight from Florida <clears throat> and it got delayed about like 30 45 minutes so as I was kind of I would say middle to back rows I was back there um, and everybody was trying to get off the plane because they had the same problem. so I was like oh man how am I gonna do this I get I get my bags um, I started sprinting I was in gate D, so I had to go all the way across the airport to gate A so I was sprinting I get there and the door is closed but the plane is still there. Oh, and man. i'm asking That's the lady i'm like please like is there anything you can do to get me on this flight I'm like please i'm begging uh she said no so she broke me on a flight i think it was three or four hours later
0: yeah and so that layover and this isn't you said this isn't the first time it's happened to you you said it's happened before
1: yeah so going same thing charlotte and fort myers uh so we're me and dylan Orr. he's at tennessee right now he um we were flying to Charlotte to get down to Fort Myers for the MLK tournament, and it was the last flight of the night, and that got delayed. So same thing kind of happened. We couldn't get our connecting flight, so they had to book the next one for the next day. And I was calling my parents. You know, they were they were stressed out. His parents were stressed out. Um, I actually had my, my mom get on the phone with the uh, guest services lady at American. <laughs> If she wasn't. She wasn't trying to do anything for me. So they got us a uh, a hotel for the night. They paid for it, and they gave us like twelve dollar vouchers for food. Yeah, and you could a, only use it in the airport. Yeah, it's but like, it's it was like nothing. but it was two a.m. So nothing was open. Yeah, so I, that didn't do anything for us.
0: Yeah, I like I said, like like I told you before we started recording, like I had that same thing happen to me, in in so it was Boston to Detroit. The layover was in Philly. And the last flight of the night was, like, at 10 p.m. Next flight wasn't until, like, 8 a.m. the next day. And I guess, luckily, I got, I'm a little bit older than you. So, like, I was able to, like, once they did get me a hotel, like, I was, like, going on Apple Maps to find the nearest bar or something. But still, like, I mean, I was still pissed because I wanted to go. Like, I was supposed to work at 10 a.m. the next day. And I was like, shoot, like, now I'm missing out on some cash. Just <laughs> stupid American Airlines. didn't even-
1: Exactly. It's always American.
0: Yeah, what the hell? Got to start flying Delta or something.
1: Seriously, seriously.
0: Um, so that Marlins, I didn't realize you guys were in the Marlins clubhouse. So, what was that like? What was it like being in that major league clubhouse? Like, what were some things that were pretty cool about it?
1: Uh, it was sick, you know. So, before the game, we would all roll in. I kind of felt like a major league player, I'm not gonna lie. (laughs) It was pretty sweet. So, we would roll in just shorts, you know, slides, have everything, um, just set up in our locker. They actually did our laundry for us too, so that was pretty sweet. And just having having everybody in that clubhouse, just so close together, and it was it was a sweet experience. Yeah.
0: So were you guys the only team that was able to use a major league clubhouse, or were there other um, teams that did?
1: No. So we actually we shared it with Rawlings Scout Team. Okay. It was coached by uh, Sean Manning. He coaches Next Level from New York. Good program. I've, I've actually played with them a couple of times. I love them. I love going up there.
0: Yeah. So it was also the first time you guys got to wear. The White Sox gear, which I think you might be wearing that hat right now. It looks like. What's yes, so sir. What, what was what was that like wearing the White Sox gear for the first time? Being the Arkansas Sticks, first time being the White Sox scout team.
1: Oh, dude, it was sweet. It was honestly sweet. I was hoping we could get the uh, South Side Unis, the City yeah. Connects.
0: Those, those but are hey, I'm.
1: Cool. I'm not. I'm not going to complain though. The pinstripes were sick. The grays are actually came out so good. They were –
0: well, you guys had like what like three alternate jerseys? It looked like the the pinstripes, the grays, and then just like like a black undershirt from the pictures Black Cobra was posted.
1: Yeah. So we had we had like a black, I would say kind of like practice jersey. I had like gray numbers on the back. It had a White Sox Scout team logo on the chest. Um, and it had our names on the back too. But so we had that. We had a black jersey that we wore with the gray pants and the white pinstripes. And then we had the white pinstripes and then the grays.
0: Okay. So do you think wearing the White Sox scout team, do you think wearing like White Sox gear, similar to what the Canes do with the meds, the Philly scout team does? And I'm sure, I know there's a couple others. I can't remember who. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but like, do you feel like there's a bigger target on your back when you're wearing a jersey like that? Or do you think it's still kind of the same?
1: Um. I, I don't really see it as a target. I see it as, like, an opportunity, honestly. I thought it was sweet, you know. I mean, everybody wanted – obviously wants to be on the White Sox scout team, but I, I just thought it was a sick opportunity. I, yeah, I didn't really see it as a target on my back.
0: Okay. So, with you guys being the White Sox scout team, did that mean there was a White Sox scout, like, in your guys' dugout? Because I know, like, a lot of scout teams, it's because their coach is a scout. But really, your guys' is scout – on you guys in, in the sticks organization is Dirk Kenny, who's for the Cardinals. So, like, Booster, yeah. kind of talk about how he got connected with this, the White Sox.
1: Uh, I haven't heard anything. I haven't really asked the question, but yeah. we didn't we didn't have any White Sox guys in the dugout, but we had a couple of like outside of the dugout that we talked to a little bit. Yeah. It was pretty, pretty sweet. But yeah, the uh, the Cardinals would have been sweet too for had uh, the Cardinals uh, scout team, but White Sox pretty sweet. <laughs>
0: I talk, I had Brewster on the podcast like it was like I think like two days before he you guys announced the White Sox stuff. I texted him, I was like, man, like you couldn't couldn't have announced this a couple of days earlier. So I could <laughs> like ask you questions about it. Like because I mean that I mean it's I would like to learn about the I'll have to get Brewster on again and learn about like the whole process that went down to get that going. Cause I mean that's that's legit for that that Sticks sticks program.
1: Mm-hmm. But, yeah, honestly, I, I wish I would have asked more questions, but you know, I'm I'm kind of just I was showing, just seeing, yeah, having the you know,
0: just, just playing ball, striking uh, out.
1: Yeah, but, exactly.
0: Um, so, talking about Brewster and talking about the sticks, how did you get connected with the Arkansas sticks? Because I know you said you mentioned you played for a couple other teams in the past as well. Um, so, when exactly did you get connected with them?
1: Yeah, so, um, my first tournament was going in the summer, going into my sophomore year. It was the WWBA. Um so, how I got connected? I played with a team called Desert Cats from Arizona, and we actually uh, partnered with the Six and we became Six Southwest. And I was 14, playing 16U uh, with that, with the Six Southwest, and I was doing pretty good. So, Brewster noticed me, and he called up uh, the coach from Six Southwest. He was like, "Yo, yeah, is there any way we can uh, we can get him out for the WWBA?" And I, you know, I was pumped, <laughs> just. Honestly, all I wanted to do was play for Sticks National. I saw all the uh, all the unis and everything that got. I just thought it was so sweet, so I was like, yeah man i'll I love to come out there and I went out met all the guys. I stayed for the whole week, even though I pitched the I think it was the last day of pool play and then I came out I think it was five innings, maybe twelve or thirteen strikeouts. pretty sad so, so yeah, i was I, I was nervous though. I yeah. was nervous first time out there.
0: So with that first time, was that kind of your first time talking to Brewster kind of uh, that, that WWBA you went to?
1: Um, so coach Brewster actually wasn't there. I think he was in Iowa with the older team. Well, you're right. But that was, was
0: 17. You. You're right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So, but that was my first time meeting uh, coach Caesar, um, coach Landers um, coach Billy Wade. He doesn't coach anymore, but that's Ty Wade's dad. I love that guy. <laughs> you know, just the coaching staff that we brought up is just, it was awesome. I love being with those guys for two, yeah. three years.
0: So, so since joining the the sticks, how is, how is your relationship with coach Brewster coach Brewster evolved to where it's at now? Cause I mean, I saw the tweet he put out today. I mean, obviously, I mean, he's mentioned a lot of great things about you as we kind of came up with this schedule for the interview series. He, he mentioned you a lot. So kind of how is your relationship with coach Brewster evolved?
1: Um, you know, originally I was scared to death of Coach Brewster just because the name he had for himself. Um, but you know, he's he's a funny guy. Once once I got to know him, I got I got more relaxed around him. And he he's just a good guy to be around. Yeah. Just love
0: him. Yeah. So besides Coach Brewster, you mentioned Landers, you mentioned Ty Wade's dad, a couple other guys. So who do you think have been this can be for the Sticks and for guys outside the Sticks as well? Like who do you think have been some of the most influential people in your guy in your baseball career so far?
1: It's a good question. Um, I would say, are you talking about like only on the sticks or just anybody? No, knows? no,
0: this could be for this. This could be guys on the sticks and guys who coach somewhere else as well. Okay. Or even um, parents. I know a lot of guys, a lot of guys tell uh, say their mom and dad and then other people, but really, no, yeah. so, no.
1: I actually have two people. So the first one's my brother. You know, I always, I grew up just watching him play. Uh, he was always, he was always better than me. So I always just push myself, you know, be the younger brother, just come out, show him, show him what's up. But so yeah, my brother, I would say is one of the most influential and then coach Jason Schmidt. He was the pitching coach with Six Southwest. He was, uh, he got drafted by the Braves, went to the Pirates. Uh, he actually was really successful in uh, San Francisco. I think he got second in Cy Young. Really? Yeah, and then and then he finished out career his career with the Dodgers. But he just being with him every day, just being able to pick his mind, not even just baseball wise, but just everything, becoming a a young man. You know, he he was one of the most influential people I would say I'm in sure. baseball. I mean-
0: I'm sure, I mean, when a guy finished second in Cy Young, I'm sure he's pretty influential on your on your career. Yeah.
1: Uh-huh. Um,
0: so when you are around a guy like that, what are some ways that you're kind of picking their brain, just like just the experiences they've had and just everything you've gone through?
1: Um, honestly, I would, I would like stick right to his side in the dugout every game I wasn't pitching. I would, me and my brother would be right next to him. You know, every situation that would happen, we're just asking him questions, even like post-game. We would we would talk. We would sit in the parking lot and talk for I would say like thirty, forty five minutes before he would even leave the park. Yeah. And he, he's just he's really open. He's a really cool guy. You know, I love him.
0: Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that you did play for another travel ball team for I don't know if it was for a couple tournaments or how long it was. Um, but how would you compare the other travel ball teams that you've played for compared to the sticks?
1: Um I would say um I would say the intensity, honestly. Just being with the sticks, you know having everybody you know all d one commits SEC commits, just having them all come together you are, you already know what you're doing, you know just come out and have fun and just the intensity is great you know we're we're always going hundred percent it's just it's 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 crazy, it's something else
0: I'm sure well i mean i mean i always i always ask i mean people always say different things, but I mean it's always kind of evolved around that um when it comes to Arkansas sticks. But when it comes to just, obviously, you mentioned the intensity, but what else do you think has led to the success of the Arkansas sticks program, kind of with you being an insider and just seeing the day-to-day tournament to um, tournament? Just what do you think has led to the, their success these past couple of years?
1: I would, I would definitely say the key was the coaching staff. Cause we have, we have guys for everything. We have coach Caesar. He's a stretching guy. You know, he's always going to get us right. Pre-game uh, coach Kenny. He, he, uh, he he's one of the best pitching guys I would say that I've I've been around. Uh, Coach Brewster, he kn- he knows how to keep it yeah keep it light you know he's, he's a great guy. He he knows his stuff too. And then Coach Landers he's a great guy. He's always he's always making sure the dugout's up, making sure we're in the game, just ready in case some like an opportunity calls for like our name or something. Um, yeah, I, w- I would say the coaching staff we we have great coaching staff.
0: Yeah, I mean, besides the coaching staff, I mean, you guys also have a roster that's loaded with like 15 SEC commits. So, I mean, that's oh. also another thing. But when it, when it comes to those teammates who are committed, I mean, just your teammates in general, when you first came on to that Sticks national team and pitched at that WWBA, who were some of those first play, uh, teammates that you kind of bonded with the most and just the most the, the quickest? And then who are some of the guys now that you kind of have maybe the strongest bond with? Um,
1: so yeah, the the first guys I actually bonded with is uh, Trip Landers. So I stayed with him. His dad, Coach Landers, actually came and picked me up from the airport um, from Atlanta, and I stayed with Trip, his dad, and then Coach Caesar. I, I really bonded with Trip. We became really good friends. We became pretty close. Um, another one is Ryan Ursary, He's a lefty. He hasn't been playing with the sticks for a while. He had he had some back problems. But he he's still one of my best friends. I would say from across the country.
0: Yeah, trip. I actually had trip on the podcast. I think it was like right after the WWBA this past year. And I think I honestly think, obviously, besides Brewster, Brewster kind of broke his record. But trip at the, for the for a long period of time, trip was the longest episode that I've had. Like really? I know, I know, like I had a I, I like if I if I schedule an interview like two and two in one day, I like give like two hour two hours in between just in case like something goes wrong or something. Well, like nothing went wrong. Like we started on time and like, I still had to text the next guy, like, Hey, can you give me 10, 15 minutes as I wrap up this interview? Like I started yeah. at 10 AM and didn't end until like noon. Like it was, it was, it was all of hours. I mean, bef- before the editing and stuff, but no, it was, it was cool talking to trip. I, I mean, like he was kind of like the first stick I actually got to talk to and just talking to all you guys, you—I mean, yourself included—like, I just feel like the sticks program is like very genuine when it comes to just like you guys are very, uh, I mean, I guess just genuine. Like, you guys are good people. But no, thank you. I—I I've, I've really, I've really liked it. Uh, I've really enjoyed getting to know all the the sticks. There's just the sticks program in general. But um, since your since your travel ball career is has come to an end, I'm going to go ahead and assume
1: mm-hmm. um,
0: now that Jupiter's over. If you had to look back into your travel ball career, what would be a couple of your just your favorite, uh, your favorite memories in general when it came to travel ball.
1: Um, shoot, that's tough. I, I have a lot, honestly. So, actually, this year's WWBA it was actually really fun. I wouldn't even say the um, the baseball part of it. I would just say hanging out because I, whenever I would go, I would stay in the players' room, and I think in the WWBA we had four people in one room. It was um, me, Carson Kimball, Josh Hindman, and Jace Blalock that was the most fun room i've ever been in my life it's just energy all the time yeah but we know we know how like when to settle down too yeah
0: i know i I, i've had josh on the podcast i talked to jace a couple times no but so when you guys aren't obviously in the wwba you guys play one one game each day so when you guys aren't playing like what are some things you guys like to go do in atlanta um you just stay in the hotel play video games or like what are you guys generally doing around the city
1: so, actually, none of us ever brought our gaming systems. We would always get mad at each other for forgetting it. But <laughs> we would we would just walk around, honestly. that We had some, I think there was a mall, like 10, 15-minute walk from where we would say. Um, we had just a bunch of food spots everywhere. So, whenever we got bored, we just went and ate, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> we just go. Atlanta go has, find,
0: Atlanta has we, some good some good eating places.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah um that's actually why i discovered willie's i think it's a mexican food place okay so jace blaylock actually put me on that it was right across the street it one of the best best burritos i've ever had all right
0: next next summer when i'm there for the wwba i'm gonna have to go check that place out willie's all right
1: yes sir willie's
0: all right well okay so when so what's what's your favorite when you're in atlanta the wwba or lake point because people have their different preferences
1: Lake Point's kind of cool because you can just look up at the board when you're pitching and see how hard you're throwing. But honestly, it's kind of a, a double cross right there because I don't like seeing how hard I'm throwing because then it pushes me to throw harder and then I just kind of just tense up.
0: And you're focusing on the wrong things.
1: Exactly. Um, shoot. I would say Lake Point because WWBA, like the fields are everywhere, mm-hmm. just spread out across Atlanta. And Lake Point's always at the same fields, just same. 12, 16 fields, however many they have.
0: Yeah. So this past, so like I said, I'm trying to be an agent. So like this past summer, I mean, I'm still two, two, three years away from like actually becoming certified and becoming an agent, but like, I kind of wanted to go and just network with coaches, scouts and all that. And this was my first time in Atlanta this summer. And obviously you always hear about WWBA. You always hear about um, East Cobb. So I went there thinking that it was going to be, that's where everyone's playing at. And I go and realize I'm talking to Black Cobra. And he's like, yeah, there, he goes, I have to go shoot a team 45 minutes east today, yeah. to go 35 minutes north tomorrow. And it was like, that was surprising to see. And I, it was cool kind of getting what people's different vibes were when it came to East Cobb compared to Lake Point. Mm-hmm. But when you are playing travel ball, you do like, for the most part, I mean, Atlanta, Jupiter, Hoover, um, Kerry as well. Like those, that's all East coast. Well, you're on the West coast where you're three hours behind that East coast time zone. So what's that like for you kind of when you go out to tournaments, you're kind of playing three hours ahead of time to the time that you're used to?
1: Um, I wouldn't say it's that big of a change, honestly, because whenever I pitch, I usually don't pitch within the first two days. So I have time to catch up. Yeah. Instead of being jet lagged. But yeah, it's, I'd say it takes more of a toll when I get back home, honestly, because then I can't fall asleep. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. It's kind of weird, okay. especially for school, having to wake up early.
0: Yeah. Are you are you back in school tomorrow?
1: Yes, sir. I, I had school today, too.
0: Oh, really? OK. I, I can't remember who it was. I talked to somebody earlier this week and they said that they had like they took off to like up until Wednesday of this week. So they just had a couple of days free that they just got to kind of stay home and do their own thing before going back.
1: Lucky, lucky. I
0: know. Um, another another travel ball event that you got to be a part of that wasn't a part of the sticks was the area code that you got mm-hmm. to be a part of. Well, that was last summer, right? Not this past summer.
1: Yeah. It was last summer. Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: So take us through that area code experience, kind of what the day-to-day was kind of how you got, in, like how you got invited and just overall, like what that experience was like for you.
1: Um, so I, I played with um, Arizona ball club for one tournament, AZBC, and they actually um, are the Mets scout team for the four corners. So it's not like the big Mets scout team, but it's still like four corners, all those guys. Um, and the coach is Brian Reed. And so he he was one of the coaches for the Area Code staff. And then I actually met Rock Chalowski and his dad was I think the main guy for the Area codes. So they kind of saw me and they're like, Yeah, we like this kid. And so they, they brought me on. Um the area code was sweet. You know, first day I got there I was kinda I was kinda terrified because I showed up, I think it was Two minutes late, and everybody was already down there. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh no! Like I'm gonna be screwed." And I walked down there, and everybody's in the cages. You know, they have all their stuff on. Um, and that was kind of the first time I met everybody. I knew like two or three of them, but they were all they're all making fun of me because I was late. And I was like, "Oh, come on, guys! <laughs> it's a one time thing, I swear." <laughs> um, yeah, but just just meeting all those guys, just seeing the competition, and seeing where I have to be to make sure I know that I'm going to be successful. Um, That was probably the biggest takeaway from, from my area code experience. And just seeing when I was pitching, just seeing the entire stand just filled up with scouts. It was nerve wracking, but then like once I stepped on the mound, I kind of just tuned it all out. Yeah.
0: So at events like that, you said you kind of tuned it out, but events like that, events like this past week in Jupiter where you said it's just golf cart after golf cart after golf cart, just full of scouts. Like how how do you go about blocking out the scouts and kind of just focusing on the tunnel vision of pitching to the hitter?
1: Um, I would say it's more of a mindset thing. Just kind of understanding like there's a reason you're there. I, I would say that's that's the biggest thing. Because the moment you think like you're not good enough to be there is the moment you're going to fail. You have to have like that confidence, but you can't be like too cocky at the same time. You yeah. know? Yeah.
0: So with you with you being in the class of 2023, that you guys are now that class that all these scouts are watching because you guys are that next draft class. Has talks with scouts kind of ramped up these past month or two um, since since this past 2022 MLB draft?
1: Uh, yeah, so I've I've talked to a couple. I've talked to the um, the Rangers, Royals, a couple more teams, but yeah. So I I haven't I never talked to one. I think before. This summer, and then ever since it just it's been coming at like out so, of nowhere
0: so so take take us through that first interaction you had with the scout. What was going through your head, and what, maybe what had that conversation go?
1: Oh dude, I was terrified. I was like, oh no i can't I can't slip up by saying one thing wrong, I'm gonna have no chance of getting drafted but that i that's not really what they're looking for. They're just kind of seeing what kind of person you are um so I think it was the Rangers that I first talked to. Okay. And he, w- he was just asking questions, you know, about my home life, like what I like to do for fun and stuff, just asking about myself. Um, and I thought it was going to be completely different. I don't know what I thought it was going to be, but that's not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah.
0: So are pretty much, so pretty much all conversations, like the, the initial conversation you have with pretty much every scout, is it basically kind of like all the same or do some scouts have a different way of going about it?
1: Um, I wouldn't say they're all the same, but they're all kind of in the same general area. I would say so they're all they're all just trying to get a feel for who you are as a person because they already know what you're like as a baseball player they've already seen it yeah yeah um trying to make sure you you're going to be a good teammate a good person on and off the field um yeah so I would I would say they're kind of in the same general area yeah
0: all right so how does never mind we'll dig into that when we're digging into the recruiting process but um so dig into high school ball just a little bit so obviously playing down in Arizona that's I always, I've always kind of considered California, Arizona, Texas, Georgia, and Florida as kind of like the top five, top tier states when it comes to high school baseball. Hey. Um, so kind of, kind of take us through what last season was like, what your last high school season was like, and then kind of what the outlook is on this upcoming spring, your senior season.
1: Um. So last year, I actually had a pretty rough year. I uh, I was having struggling. I was struggling with like command. Um, not being able to throw my off-speed pitches for strikes. And when I did, they were kind of just over the middle, just like there for them to hit it. But I kind of tuned that up a little bit. I still still had a lot of fun last season. Um, I actually transferred this year to Mountain Ridge because my brother was at Liberty High School um, when I was coming up. And he graduated, and I was like, and I was kind of thinking I was going to do it because where all my friends that I grew up with were at Mountain Ridge. So my thought process was I was kind of just going to spend my senior year with who I've who I've um, always hung out with and who I know I'm going to have the best time possible with.
0: So, so with all your friends being there at Mountain Ridge, is that, did that kind of make it an easy transition for you?
1: Uh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay. Everybody there has been so like nice and welcoming. Even the coaches too; they, they've been really cool so far.
0: So, what's the outlook on this upcoming spring for you guys? You planning on uh, competing for a state championship down there in Arizona?
1: You know it. You know we're competing for a yeah. ship out here. Um, yeah, so we got we got a couple of dudes. We have Carson McIntyre. He's going to Oregon State. Uh, center fielder. He breaks. He's a five tool player. He's just, he's that guy, let me tell you. Yeah. Um, uh, we have Cannon Pierre. He's first baseman. He's still uncommitted. I'm not sure how, but he breaks. Um, He got mad at me the other day because I I threw him a 3-1 (laughs) curveball. He swung through his shoes. And then I decided to uh, throw a 3-2 curveball and he popped up. But yeah, so he's a good hitter. We have Cooper Neville. He's going to GCU. Uh, Jackson Forbes. He's going to University of Arizona. Joe Forbes, his little brother. He's going to be a sophomore. Uh, He's a catcher. Going to be my catcher this year. He's going to University of Arizona as well. And we have um, Smith Bailey, uh, right-handed pitcher. He's going to U of A or University of Arizona. Um, we have Cooper Holtor. He's still uncommitted, but <laughs> he's he's one of my least to to face because he's he's kind of shorter, but so I kind of have to put it there. But every time he he always ropes one off me. <laughs> it's kind of annoying, I'm not gonna lie.
0: I mean, with I mean, you just you just mentioned like what, like seven players who are going power five. Is that, I mean, is that how it is at like most Arizona schools or is it just um, Mountain Ridge is just a powerhouse?
1: Yeah, I would definitely say Mountain Ridge is kind of a powerhouse, but there's, there's definitely some other schools that, that uh, are like that. So there's Basher this year. They have, I can't even tell you how many commits they have. Um, Hamilton has a lot too. Um Liberty's going to be pretty good. Um, O'Connor has a couple. So yeah, it's kind of just, it's everywhere. Yeah.
0: Man, that's, that's just crazy to think. I mean, so where I'm from here in Indiana, like I have if we have maybe one guy in our conference who's going to just a, a division one, not even power five. Like it's crazy. Like we're like, oh shoot, like we can't wait for this game. We'll we'll see how like I faced one guy in high school who ended up going to division one and I went 0 for 6 with six strikeouts on the season against them. Like it's no, that's that's it's crazy to think there's that many guys on on a team like that.
1: Yeah, it's, um, but, it's well.
0: But Dig so playing in Arizona, such a great high school baseball state, playing in the area code experience, and then playing travel ball in the summer circuit with the sticks where you guys are facing just dudes all the time. Who do you think have been the couple couple toughest hitters that you've had to face in your career so far?
1: Um, so Colby Felix, he graduated last year. He's at Colorado Mesa University right now. Thank God I had him on my team for the past five years because that man – he would, I would be scared to pitch to him, honestly. He, he knew what I was doing, throwing every single time. I think he like studies me or something, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, he,
1: he's, he's a great hitter. He is for power. You know, he's quick. He's good in the outfield. He, he's going to be, he's going to be a good player.
0: Yeah. So have you gotten the chance? So out of all those guys you mentioned on your high school team now, have you gotten the chance to play them when you were playing um, at your old high school, or even have you gotten the chance to play them in travel ball?
1: Yeah, so actually we're in the same conference, so we played him twice a year. Um, I pitched against him last year. I did I did decent, I would say, but Carson McIntyre, he, um, he broke his handmate bone in his hand. I think it was his first at-bat of the season last year, so he was out all year. So I didn't have to face him, but, you know, it, they're, they're a tough lineup. They're so, a tough lineup.
0: So with you guys in the same conference as your old school, what are you looking forward to most to – when you go, you go this this spring. Play the the old high school you were at.
1: Um, I, I would say there's no bad blood because me, me, and all the guys at uh, my old school, we're still friends. We still get along. Um, I'm just lo- honestly looking forward to what they're gonna say from the dugout. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that, that's always fun. Or are
0: you play? Are you wanting to be on the mound that day? Or you think your coach? is oh, gonna, yeah. gonna take. Oh, hundred
1: percent. Yeah, I'm not gonna not. I'm not gonna let him not put me on the mound. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so the old high school did you guys have like a couple commits as well or was it not as like not as competitive of baseball school
1: oh it's it's definitely still competitive um have you heard of max charles i, I think
0: I, I think i follow him i i follow all every baseball i feel like every baseball player committed to a power five school i give a follow to so yeah I, I've so probably seen the name before
1: he was he was originally committed to san diego state but he reopened his recruitment um he throws from both sides, and he hits from both sides. Yeah, he's pretty legit. He Play short slab outfield where you need him. Um, but I would say facing him in the inner squad was always tough because I would, I would throw him changeups and he would barely foul him off. I would throw, like, three in a row, and he would barely foul him off until he gets that fastball, yeah. <laughs> and he would just let it loose. But I would never put a fastball in the zone for him, so he never really got to see what he could do with it.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to see this spring, see what the see what the uh, battle looks like. Let's go. But um, so, mostly we've talked about pitching when it comes to like your on the field play. I know Perfect Game has you listed as a pitcher and an outfielder. Like, is that, I'm assuming that's wrong, like, just from seeing all the that said and stuff.
1: Yeah. I'm a PO, but so I've played a couple of tournaments. I think it was when I was like 14, 15 in the outfield. I used to rake, man.
0: Yeah. Well, see, like, I've gotten, I've gotten to realize that perfect game kind of, if you play like, so let's say they throw somebody like on the, let's say they throw a Jace Blaylock on the mound for like a game. And I'm sh- I don't think he's ever pitched. I could be wrong. But uh, like,
1: he hasn't pitched with us now. Huh?
0: Yeah. I was going to say like, if they, if they throw him on the mound for like one day, then like the next day perfect game would have him listed as a pitcher too. Like, so yeah. there was one time I was interviewing, it was like, I think like the number three guy in the 25 class and he was listed as a elf, whatever it was and he was like well i've been a po now for like 2 years i was like damn it like thanks perfect game what the
1: <laughs> yeah that's how i've been i might uh i might go in and change that but or i might keep it actually honestly yeah, you know just, i think i'm going to keep it yeah Same, you it two way. people are,
0: you know mess with people when they're doing their scouting reports
1: exactly exactly like,
0: all right, so digging into your recruiting process, obviously committed to Ole Miss going there next fall. Um, so let's dig into how the recruiting process got started for you. Uh, so when was it that Division One teams kind of started reaching out to you?
1: Um, it was the winter of my sophomore year. The fall and winter of my sophomore year is when it started to pick up a lot. Um, so Ole Miss actually reached out to me after the MLK tournament my sophomore year because I went up and pitched with Coach Brewster's team for the first time. I threw an inning in the semifinals. Uh, I think I went three up, three down. And uh, Coach Kinney, he's really good friends with Coach Lafferty, the pitching coach at Ole Miss. Uh, He texted me. He was like, yo, I got a guy, you know, yada, yada. Um, Yeah, and so it picked up with them. And just from the first phone call, I knew it was like it was the right place. Coach Lafferty is one of the the coolest guys I talked to.
0: So what was that initial conversation like that first time you got on the phone with the Ole Miss coaching staff?
1: um it was honestly just him telling me about their school you know what what they do um just d- diving into who he was as a person um what what he's gonna do as a coach um yeah he he sent me uh the link to a couple of recruiting videos but I don't think he knew that i i've been watching them since I was like nine or ten. <laughs> And so I was like, yeah, man, it's the first time I've seen him, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, but that, it was pretty sweet talking to him. It was kind of overwhelming.
0: I'm sure. So what? It was, so-
1: it was the first SEC school that I talked to, and it was pretty sick.
0: Yeah, so you say overwhelming. So kind of when you are talking to him, what's, like what's going through your head? Like kind of what are you thinking here on this first phone call with Ole Miss?
1: Um, first phone call, I would, I would say I was thinking um, like, dang, like, I've, I've I've come pretty far, you know. I I didn't see myself. I know it kind of sounds bad, but I didn't see myself as that kind of person. And then um, just being able to talk to the SEC, and SEC school. Um, but once once like after the second or third phone call, I got more comfortable, and I was like, yeah, like this is this is definitely where I want to be. Like I know I can do it.
0: So mm-hmm. after so after that phone call, you guys hang up. Like, how long, like, did he offer you on that phone call or how long was it, like, how long was that process until he actually gave you an offer and you were like, and he was like, All right, I want you to be a part of the Ole Miss program?
1: Yeah, so I would say we talked about every day or every other day for about a week and a half, two weeks, and then he finally pulled the trigger um, on a Zoom call because this was during the dead period. So I had a Zoom call with Coach Bianco, Coach Lafferty, and my parents, and they were just taking me through everything, just showing me. It was actually pretty cool. They were showing me uh, their uh, papers, I guess, but, like, how they set up bullpens for the week. Just, like, how everybody has their own program. Just seeing that, I was like, dang, like, I, I know I'm going to get the best um, best development here. Um, and then at the end, I'd say it was about an hour, an hour and a half, Zoom call. Um, at the end, they offered me, it was actually pretty subtle. And I didn't even realize they offered me with what they said. I had to call him again. I was like, Hey coach, was, was that an offer? Like, <laughs> and he was like, hell yeah, it's an offer, man. So I was pretty stoked with that because my parents honestly didn't even realize either.
0: So you said like you said it was so subtle. So how, like, how did he word it? Like,
1: I, I forgot exactly how he worded it, but he was like, yeah, man. So this is what we will give you. Um, and he was like, yeah, I'd, I'd love for you to be a part of the Ole Miss, Ole Miss family. And I was just like, hell yeah, man. Like, I didn't really think anything of it. I was like, hell yeah, like, let's do it. Uh, like, it was great talking with you and everything. And then I called him back like 10 minutes later. I was like, is that an offer? And he was like, yes, sir. <laughs> so I, was, I was pretty pumped.
0: Yeah, so you got you, what you guys hung up for the first time, and you and your parents were probably just looking at each other like, like, what's going on here?
1: Yeah, I would say they were, they were pretty overwhelmed, too.
0: Yeah. So before, well, so you got that offer. How long was it throughout that process until you actually did commit to Ole Miss?
1: Um, It actually was the same night because coach Bianco coach Bianco uh, was telling me mm -hmm, on the phone call. He was, he was telling me, he was like, Hey man, like I understand if you want to take your time and everything, but if it's somewhere you want to be, you would, you would know on the first day. I kind of took that into account. I was like, yeah, man. Like, it is where I want to be, and I already know. So, like, why why waste time playing games? So, I committed that same night.
0: Okay. So, were there some other schools? I mean, you you, you, you accepted the offer the same night it was offered to you, but were there some other schools that came along and started talking to you along in that pro- within that process?
1: Uh, yeah. So, I actually had a lot of schools I was talking to, but I narrowed my top three down to Arizona State, Oregon State, and Ole Miss. And uh, the phone calls telling Arizona State and Oregon State that I was committing to Ole Miss were kind of tough, but I knew it was something I had to do. Yeah. Like make sure the bridges or bridges weren't burned, um, make sure I'm still respected, and they still have my respect. Um, yeah, but that same night I called them. I was I was feeling pretty pumped for like the next week after I committed. I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah.
0: So if you if you had to dig in, you said Arizona and Oregon, Arizona State and Oregon State, correct? So, if you had to dig through and kind of compare the way that different schools kind of used strategy to recruit you, how would you go about comparing some of those schools? Um, were they mostly kind of the same, or were there a lot of were there some differences there?
1: Um, I would say there was only a difference with Ole Miss, just how they did it, because you know they're they're a powerhouse, and just the guys, they were the fit was right, and they were they were just really chill about everything. They were super cool. Um, it was more based around like questions that I had instead of their questions for me. Like they were they were more worried about um, how I saw everything instead of how they saw it, I guess. But Arizona State and Oregon State, I, I love talking to their coaches too. They were really cool people.
0: Yeah. So as you went through that process of just going through or narrowing down your top three, actually choosing Ole Miss, um, what were some of those key things that you were looking for? just in a coaching staff in a university in general, um, just all together looking at that big picture?
1: I would say my biggest thing is progression. Um, Ole Miss actually has – I'm not sure the exact number, but I know it's like a lot of money. We're into their facility. Um, Their weight room is – it overlooks the field. I thought that was so sick, just being able – like knowing I'll be able to wake up. Even though if it's a 6 a.m. lift, I can still look at the baseball field and yeah, just have a great view. But the traditions there too at Ole Miss, they're just, they're great. Um, you know, so it was actually the first time I heard about the Grove when I was on the phone call with Coach Lafferty. He's talking about the Grove, like where everybody hangs out before the football games. And I, I don't think I've ever seen that before, like any other colleges. So I thought that was sweet.
0: So, what is the Grove?
1: um so it's it's like a little I would say park I guess inside the campus like right next to the football stadium and um it's where everybody kind of hangs out like they set their tents up for the football games where everybody tailgates and it's just it, it was a great atmosphere when I went there I'm sure just seeing everybody there yeah
0: so with Oregon State and Arizona State finishing number two and three what were some of the key, what were some of the things that they did to kind of finish that high in your recruiting process when you are talking to quite a few teams?
1: Um. So the, the pitching coach and the head coach from Oregon state, I love my conversation with them. They had the head coach actually had really great questions. Um, he was, he was talking about like hardships that I faced and everything. Um, and honestly, those questions stumped me. It took me Two or three minutes to even come up with an answer. Um, and I just knew that that type of intelligence from a coach, um, I just knew he, if I did choose Oregon State, I knew that was going to be a place where I could um, be a great person in general, not even just baseball wise. And then Arizona State, um, I wanted to stay home a little bit, but I knew that I'm not going to be able to stay in Arizona for all my life. So, um. Yeah, the Arizona State coaches—they were really cool, but Ole Miss was just—you can't turn it down. It's yeah, just I mean you—you you can't Ole miss exactly.
0: So you mentioned Arizona State kind of being close to home. So where you're at in Arizona, how far is Arizona State?
1: Um, it depends on traffic, but I would say forty to an hour, forty minutes to an hour.
0: And Arizona, so with you being an Arizona kid, like what is? number one and number two Arizona State
1: or Arizona I'm a I'm a Sun Devil fan I don't (laughs) I don't say nothing about uh University of Arizona but my dad's a Arizona fan Wildcat fan so we're kind of split house I guess
0: all right because I I mean I know every state has those two three schools so I wanted to see who what was number one what was number two in the eyes of a Arizona native
1: yeah I got I got Sun Devils up top and then Wildcats all the way down here
0: all right, so does GCU even take it over Arizona or no?
1: Oh, yeah, ASU, GCU, NAU, University of Arizona.
0: All right, so AU. So what's AU?
1: NAU, uh, Northern Arizona. They don't even have a baseball team, but uh, it's up in Flagstaff. Um, so the it's, just like, pretty north. It's north of where I live, let's say about an hour and a half. Um, there's a bunch of snow up there. It's pretty cold up there. Yeah. Um, So it's actually pretty close to Yavapai Community College. You know what that is? Um, Yeah, so it's a a Juco up there. Pretty good. Um, But, yeah, I don't think NAU has a baseball team. I could be wrong. All
0: right. So with you being committed to Ole Miss now for – I mean, it's going to be coming up on two years this January, right? yes sir it's, it's gonna it's been a while so have you been able to build some relationships with some other Ole Miss commits as well and then did you have any prior ones before you actually did commit
1: um so I I wouldn't say I have a great relationship with any of them just because uh my guys are with the Arkansas sticks I kind of mm-hmm. um I'm not I'm not really a big social media kind of guy so I'm not gonna like make friendships over social media it's just mm-hmm. whoever I'm with. and um but yeah, so I know I know Cooper Pratt. He's a, he's a shortstop committed there. He's pretty cool. Talked to him a couple of times whenever I see him at the ball field or whatever.
0: So have you have you gotten the chance to play up against Cooper and travel ball at all?
1: Um. So I I wasn't playing that game, but I was filling in for Alpha Prime in an Arizona tournament. And we uh, faced off with BPA in the first round of the playoffs. The team he plays for, and they actually had a couple of miscommits. commits. I think one threw against us. Actually, I think it was Cade Townsend. So, um, but yeah, he he threw pretty well. Cooper Wet or Cooper Pratt played pretty good. Um, I can't remember his stat line, but yeah, that that it was a fun game, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. So, with you being a senior, I assume you're going to be going to Oxford here pretty soon to go visit do your official visit is that is yes that sir complete? actually a
1: month from today a month okay. from today who are they I'm playing going up alabama
0: oh that's yes, that's sir. a really good game hit college yeah. game day might show up who knows
1: i hope so that would be sweet yeah what
0: That'd are you looking awesome. forward to most of being uh i guess with you kind of like being over there in oxford because arizona's kind of down south too but
1: you said what am i looking forward to
0: yeah what are you looking forward to most of being in oxford
1: you uh, talking about like living there for years, or, or just, uh,
0: just be, be, so. What are you looking forward to most being in Oxford for that weekend here in a, in a couple in a month?
1: Um, just being able to see like the actual college football game day, like the approach. Um, that um, being able to meet some of the people that I'm going to spend my next couple of years with. Um, being able to see the coaching staff like on their grounds, like having them show us around and stuff. Uh, I've already seen a little bit of the facilities, but I would, I just want to see like go on a full tour of everything. Yeah. That, that, that's going to be sweet. Yeah.
0: So this will be your first time in Oxford in person or have you been there before? Uh,
1: it'll be my second time.
0: Second time. Okay. So with signing, so with you being a senior signing day, that's in December, right?
1: Uh, I believe it's in November.
0: November. Okay. So that's coming up. So are you looking forward to that day to kind of make it official and kind of, you know, kind of, kind of celebrate what you've done so far in your career?
1: Hell yeah! I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, I actually got this flag right here. I'm gonna hang up mm. on the table. So that
0: that, that baby, baby that baby blue and red so so great. I, it, the best blue.
1: color color combo in college sports.
0: Yeah, like I mean, I'm a I'm a Cubs fan, and anytime the Cardinals pull out their baby blue jerseys, I'm like, man, those are those are some pretty sick jerseys. Um, so now that you've been committed to Ole Miss here for a while, like we said, it's coming up on two years. You obviously had a good relationship with the Ole Miss coaching staff before you committed, like you've mentioned. But how do you think that's evolved since you've been committed now for for a while?
1: Um, Definitely just uh, I would say the coaches just being more real with me. Uh, I'm not going to say they weren't real at first, but as as, um, my time to be in there is coming closer, they're being like more real with me, more realistic, like telling me what I have to get done, just uh, giving me kind of a a brief look of what it's going to be like when I get there.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure it's changed since that since that September first uh, mm. uh, that September first date, your junior year. How how did that kind of change before that September first uh, date when you already were committed compared to now to where it's kind of like you guys can free fully call, text each other at any time?
1: Uh yeah, it actually made things ten times easier instead of me having to text Coach Brewster, or Coach Kenny, like telling me like the exact time I have to call him, like when he's gonna be available. Um, we can just text each other and be like, hey, coach, or I'll be like, hey, coach, like, can you talk soon? Um, yeah, so it, it definitely makes things a lot easier, I would say. I'm sure. So mm-hmm. let's
0: dig a little bit into your actually on the field play when you're actually on the mound. Um, so kind of take us through what your pitching repertoire is like and some of the pitches that you throw.
1: Um, so I throw a four-seam fastball. I used to throw a sinker, but I kind of dropped that. I don't know why. I just – my my command issue – I've had command issues with it, so I kind of just stepped away from it a little bit. Um, I throw a circle change. That's my bread and butter. That's my go-to pitch. Um, I actually just picked up a curveball. I was uh, throwing a bullpen with Coach Schmidt, who I uh, mentioned earlier, and he was like, hey, man, like, you want to try this out? Like, I, I saw it on Instagram the other day or something. He was like, yeah, so here's how you throw it you just teaching me cues how to get it, and that's actually gross. It took me ten minutes because he just explains everything so well. Yeah, it took me five ten minutes, got that thing down. It's a, I've actually been using it as my strikeout pitch lately. Yeah, um, so is- and then I have a slider too.
0: So is that the normal way that you kind of, when you go about adding a new pitch? Is that kind of the way you do it? You kind of just in the middle of catch, you're like, all right, let's try out some new grips. Or
1: uh, yeah, definitely. So. Uh, all my pitches that I throw right now, um, other than the curveball, I've, I've kind of just played with, playing catch. Just honestly, my changeup, it started out as a joke. I was <laughs> I was just like moving my fingers around the ball, just throwing it, and it felt actually pretty comfortable, and I was like, you yeah, know, like th- this could be a pitch. And then I started – I actually moved my fingers, I think, just a little more up the horseshoe. Um, it's actually it gave it a lot more movement. It's just and I've gotten better with command. So yeah, definitely, definitely just plain catch, that's the so, key. So out of, out of those four pitches,
0: or was it five pitches that you mentioned? Five, yeah, five. So out of those five pitches that you mentioned, which pick, which pitch do you think needs the most most work?
1: I say my slider. slider. i just seen to learn how to throw it more consistently for strikes. Just land it in the zone because I know I can. I can get a swing and miss with it because I've actually I've gotten it a lot harder. It used to be more of a slurve like, but now now that I have a curveball, I'm kind of throwing it more harder. Um, just looking for a little more sharp bite instead of like huge like yeah. break. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just being able to land that first strike, I, I have some command issues with that sometimes. But yeah, I, I would I would definitely say that.
0: So what would be the, what would be the biggest thing you're wanting to fix before you head to Oxford next fall? Then.
1: Um, shoot, I would say my figure. I want to get bigger, I need to put on at least 10, 15 more pounds. Yeah, so how how do you go about that? Um, just eating. My mom, one of the best cooks in Arizona, maybe in the country. Um, yeah, she'll whenever I tell her something, I'll be like, Hey, mom, can you make this for me? She's like, Yeah, I'm happy to. Uh, she's one of my biggest supporters, um, she'll do anything for me. Um. Yeah. Sure. I'm. I'm definitely gonna have her cooking a lot of food.
0: Um. Yeah. You got. You got. You got to make sure it lasts before you have to go to Oxford. And you have to cook for yourself for a while.
1: Exactly. Or maybe I'll just have her send me like care packages yeah, or something. Why not? Just on,
0: on the on the flight there, just take a full bag, just full of nothing but food.
1: I might have to. I might have to.
0: But um, if you had to, if you had to dig through like the mechanics of your wind up, what what would that be?
1: Um, I would say just staying smooth. And staying through the catcher, um, I I try not to do too much. Try and keep it like as simple as possible. Um, I I kind of I've been picking up a lot of stuff. I, I watch uh, Dustin May. Um, kind of got my leg kicked from him, but because I saw him, I saw him throwing um, a backyard during COVID. So we had we had a bunch of guys from Arizona just come out to a backyard like two three times a week. And uh, the coach actually reached out and got Dustin May to come out there and uh, throw a bullpen. And we all got to watch that. And uh, I was talking to him. I was like, yo, like, why do you do the leg kick? And he was like, I don't know, man. I kind of just tried it one day. And then it, it just kind of stuck. So I, I don't know. I was kind of messing around. I tried it and actually felt really good. Yeah.
0: I guess felt again, like, I'm sick with this. Yeah. With, with you in Arizona, like, w- who are some of the, like, the um, spring training facilities that are close to where you're at?
1: Um so the surprise facilities uh where the Rangers and Royals are it's about 10 minutes up the road max and then um Peoria Sports Complex where the Mariners and the Padres play that's where I go the most cuz I'm a Mariners fan um that's 15 20 max so yeah th- those are the two closest
0: so how so going to those going to the Mariners going to Surprise how would you compare those two facilities that you've seen compared to what you saw in Florida because I know some people some people say Florida spring training has just a different vibe than Arizona obviously Arizona's being better but how would you how like how would you compare those two um, facilities um
1: well they're they're all like great fields I would say the only thing the only difference between Florida and Arizona is the environment um, so in Florida we get we got great weather in Jupiter so, um, but in Arizona, the sun is just pounding on you the whole time. It's hard to keep the, uh, the dirt and everything just like wet and yeah. like, instead of turning into just hard rocks. Um, but yeah, the guys, the guys down here do do a really good job of keeping the fields maintained.
0: Yeah. I know when I went to, I went to Arizona spring training one time and it was really cool that like all the facilities are maybe like within like an hour of each other Right here, like yeah. in Florida, like, I mean, if you want to go to, let's say like the Rays to, yankees spring training facility or whatever it would be like there's like some drives that are like three four hours
1: yeah definitely Um, yeah i would say the farthest spring training field away from me i would say an hour okay so yeah everything's within the phoenix area
0: yeah so, I mean, with you being a senior, there's a chance that potentially, I mean, hey, maybe ne- next next year at this time, you could be at one of those facilities. So let's, yep. kind of, let's kind of dig into a guy that could potentially make that happen. So let's dig into your advisor, kind of your advisor selection process and how that all went down for you.
1: So um,
0: when, what? Just I guess, just go ahead, just dig into it.
1: <laughs> okay. Um, so my advisor is um, Dave Matranga. He's with PSI. He's actually Aaron Judge's agent as well. Um, so how I got connected with them, I I played for a team in 12U called the Spartans, and it was actually ran by Dave Matranga. Um, he had the older team, the 13U, but I was with the 12U. Um, but his son was my age, playing up. So then once the 13U kind of split apart, uh, his son came and played with us, and he saw me. And in 13U, believe it or not, I uh, <laughs> I size 15 shoe. And he was like, holy crap. Like, and I, I would always pound the strike zone. That's one thing he said he always loved with me. I would always pound the strike zone. He saw that I had size 15 shoes. So he knew I was going to grow into something, yeah. have, a, have a good figure and projectability. Um, but yeah, he was like, yeah, I've always kept you on my radar. And then I would say last summer, he kind of called me. He was like, hey, man, like, have you started thinking about it yet? And I hadn't thought about it at all. And I knew I knew it was the right fit because I've I've known him for years. He's a great guy. Um, his son's actually one of my really good friends. So, yeah, that, that was definitely an easy selection for me.
0: So before before he gave you that call last summer, were there any advice, other advisors that had reached out to you and kind of gave you a little pitch?
1: No, sir. No. He's the first one.
0: All right. So if you, if you let's, say, let's say you didn't have that really close relationship with him from your past and you did have to go through, like, some sort of selection process where you had to compare one agency to another, like, what would be some key things that you would have been looking for throughout that process?
1: Um, just, honestly, the bond. Just being able, how easy, like, conversations are, how the, how the vibes are. Just being able to be a friend, honestly. Just having being able to have hard conversations, good, like, easy conversations. Just being able to have all of it and the respect that has to be there, you know?
0: Yeah. So as, as you hadn't, like, like we've said before, like now that you guys are that class, the 2023 class, MLB draft, like, what do you expect in these next couple months to be leading up into your spring senior season um, just before the draft? Like, what do you expect in these next, I guess, eight, nine months before um, you head into potentially being drafted?
1: Um. I honestly, I, I don't know what to expect. It's kind of, it's kind of, I would say overwhelming, but it's kind of all crazy too. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to focus on having a good time while I'm still in high school because it it could be my last like normal year. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would, I would say I'm definitely looking forward to everything within the next eight months, but I would say high school season. So I have to sit out half the season. Um, yeah, the transfer rule, but, I'm, I'm just looking forward to that first game back, honestly.
0: I'm sure. Well, ho- hopefully you don't get to miss those miss those two games against your old high
1: school. Uh, right now the schedule is planned to where I won't miss them.
0: Okay, perfect. Okay, Sorry. I battled, off, battled off against some of your old teammates. But uh, just got a couple more questions here before we end it off. Um, I do kind of like to get away from the baseball field uh, just for the last couple questions. So uh, when you aren't playing baseball, uh, what would be some of the passions that you have beyond the field?
1: um just hanging out with my friends honestly we'll do anything we'll we'll go into walmart and we'll mess around we'll play like we'll play catch just with like the little kids gloves um just being with my friends honestly we yeah we we can do anything we can make anything fun
0: so being in arizona i know like that's kind of like a cool state when it comes to i mean there's mountains all over there's like i think it's like salt lake river or something like that Um, So when you are like hanging out with your friends, besides doing uh, crazy stuff in Walmart and stuff like that, um, like, are there some other cool things you like to do, like within Um, Sun city West and just other things around the state?
1: Yeah, definitely. So Lake Pleasant's 20 minutes away, 20 minutes north. Uh, I love going up there. We used to go up there every weekend when my cousin lived here and he had a boat, but I haven't been there in a while, especially with the summer schedule just being crazy being out east all, all summer. But uh, I would say the lake is probably the most fun because you can go, there's restaurants on the lake. You can uh, you can go wakeboarding, cliff jumping. There's just tons of stuff. And um, actually at Lake Pleasant, they just built a um, new obstacle course, like floating on the water. I haven't mm-hmm. been there yet. Uh, I want to try it out.
0: That's not, that sounds badass.
1: Sweet. It's huge too.
0: Man. All right. So two, these last two questions, one of them is something I always ask everybody but I am going to try out this new question that I've never asked anyone before. Kind of these past next couple of interviews, I've been kind of just trying out new questions that ended off in end with. So if you could picture yourself 20, you're 18. So 20 years down the road, you're 38 years old. What, what would that, what would that dream picture
1: look like? Dream picture. Um, you know, just, just having a family that supports me, honestly, like, having having kids i want to be able to support whatever my kids can do um and obviously I'll, i want to live in a huge house with with a maybe on the beach i don't know yet i don't know if i want to be in the nothing, beach nothing wrong with that yeah just big house with a, with a good family um but i i still I, i'm not sure if i want to stay in arizona um because I, I i haven't lived out in the south yet or I, i'm not sure where i want to spend it but uh, that'll be something we'll figure out here soon.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, going from Arizona all the way to Mississippi, I mean, that's gonna be like a like I mean, like you've said, I mean, that's a whole different type of environment over there. So you'll definitely mm-hmm. get to see see that. And then as you go on to your career to Pro Ball, um, hopefully soon, um, you'll obviously get to get to see that experience as well. Um, yes, but, but down to the last question that I do I do ask every high school guy committed to a power five and or just all college guys I get on. Um, so with name, image, and likeness now a new thing that's a, that uh, college athletes are able to uh, capitalize on, just kind of make money off their name, image, and likeness. What would be one dream brand that you would love to endorse when you head to Oxford next when you head to Oxford next fall? Um, and no, no Nike, Under Armour, or anything like that. It's got to be like okay. it, it can't be like you can't just cop out and do that because I have so many people do that. So
1: I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. It's not. It's not really baseball related, but Vans. I wear Vans everywhere. I, I mean, other than working out. But like when I'm going out, Vans are the go-to shoe. I shoe. I can't even tell you how many pairs I have.
0: Yeah, that's that's so that's a first. I get a lot of get a lot of Lululemon or. Oh,
1: that would be sick too. I didn't even think of that.
0: Yeah, Lululemon's a good one that I get a lot of. But all right, man, that's all the questions I got for you. Want to wish you the best of luck as you go through your senior spring, go through that draft process next year, and then. Whether or not you head to Oxford in the fall or you're going somewhere else, we'll see. But just want to wish you the best best of luck the rest of your career and just really appreciate you coming on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. I had a good time. Of course. All right, man, you have a great night. You too. Peace.